0: When I got drafted, I told myself I'm going to give myself five five seasons, five years, and if at the end of my fifth year I don't feel like I'm in a good position to be successful doing this, I'm calling it quits. I was like, I'm a smart enough guy with enough going on that I could figure out something else to do. At that point, you know, I would have been 25, and I feel like I would have had time ahead of me to be able to do stuff, do different things other than baseball. Mm-hmm. And you were on board. Were you on board with
1: that? Like, was At that... At first, even- probably, right? It's like I didn't even know.
0: <laughs> we had talked about it, but it was... It, it really... You kind of it lose that. It went,
1: like, in one ear and right. out the yeah. other. Okay,
0: let's do this. This is
2: Jeff. And I'm Andre. Are you ready? I'm ready. Love or work.
3: Is anyone listening?
2: No, don't put that on the air.
3: These two people are really, really funny.
2: This one made me cry.
3: World Series champion. Around the entire world. NBA All-Star. We hope you love this interview as much as we did. Love or work. Welcome to the Love or Work podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. And we are excited to have you with us today. We have a very interesting interview. A world... Series champion interview. Well, there you go. A did pitcher. I give it away already? A pitcher. A pitcher. For, did you call him a picture with a C or no, a, a pitcher with pitcher. a T? A pitcher.
2: I mean, <laughs> I'm not a huge baseball connoisseur, but I think I know that.
3: Do you know the difference between a fastball and a curveball? Listen, I'm about to punch you.
2: All right, people. Today, we have Ashley and Colin McHugh. Colin is a pitcher for the Houston Astros, and in 2017, they won the World Series.
3: I actually, I I regret asking him about, it. I forgot to ask him about his ring. We haven't seen his ring.
2: Yeah, I, I bet you it's like a party trick, you know, like bring out <laughs> the ring. <laughs> we have a friend who has the, what is it, the football one the Super Bowl ring. Super Bowl ring. And he brings it out, remember? Oh, yes. He brings it out at the parties. Yeah. Those are fun, fun, fun times. Anyways, Ashley and Colin, they were great. What should we be listening for, Schoenberger?
3: Well, before we get into the three things, I do want to have a little conversation with you and I because I think this is an interesting, a very interesting interview, and it's very specific to some listeners. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Um, I would say anyone that, Currently is in a situation where their spouse, their partner, is traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. That's unique. Yeah. Um, Or they find themselves in a place like literal, a literal place that they don't want to be there.
2: Yeah. New move, feel alone. Don't really, doesn't really feel like home yet. For sure. Has
3: this ever happened with you?
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember when we first moved to Chicago.
3: We got married. Got right married and college. moved.
2: Yeah. I had no job, no friends, no. And we're in this big city. And I'd be alone in this like, what, a 500 square foot apartment. And I was like, oh, like going crazy. So I could walk to the train station, to the L. And um, I'd go walk and sit at the train station. And anytime anybody walked up, I'd try to make eye contact. And I'd wave. And I'd, hi hi (laughs) like please talk to me let's be friends and um i'd sit there just to like did you
3: make any friends doing that
2: it was always the old old men they were great (laughs) they'd sit with me on my (laughs) bench and chat but nobody else like you know worker people like they got things to do they're commuting i just remember like old men they'd always talk to
3: me i remember this like my first job and i would have this long day of work and i'm exhausted when you have your first job you you're exhausted because you're trying you're you're 10 steps behind always right and you were like talking all day talking all day i'm trying to s- sell stuff and i get home and all i want is a little bit of silence and andre hasn't talked to anyone for the like, last eight or ten hours yeah and she's besides like, my hey, old how night. was your day this that the other thing and that, that and this and that and, that. and i'm like just i stop <laughs> just stop
2: talking just stop i just need a,
3: <laughs> i just need a minute I know, but let me tell you, I met this guy um, while sitting next to the train. I'm like, "You're sit, are you okay? Like, you're just sitting watching the train." Yes.
2: Hey, you do what you got to do. So, this is definitely for people who uh, spouse travels, feel alone, feel not at home. Even for, um, I mean, mothers. So, like, she she's essentially feels often like a single mom um, with, you know her husband being gone the season is valentine's day to halloween
3: right so the three things i wanted to share to listen uh, listen for today are uh is really related to that they have 162 games
2: yeah and baseball's so long so long i mean a
3: short game is three and a half hours yeah
2: can you imagine that Listen, I can barely make it through one. So right, yeah.
3: and which is leads to the second one. I asked her if she goes to every game, and she said no. Oftentimes, she goes to the to the ballpark to the family room to the family room, puts the kid in the babysitting family room, and then she just sits in a room and watches TV. I thought that was like <laughs> yes, I think I would do the same. But the third thing I want you to listen for is uh, the story that Ashley shares about the blue cup and plate. It'll make total sense when you hear it.
2: Yes. So, um, the other thing is uh Colin has also started a podcast. Oh yeah, that's and right. He's hosting one and it's called the Twelve Six Podcast. So also listen to that. If you're a baseball fan, this is for you. Oh, it's totally for it's baseball. It's not fans. for me, but yeah. it is for baseball fans.
3: Yeah, so he's interviewing other baseball people.
2: Real dialogue, real conversation.
3: Around everything around life, around what happens in the bullpen, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know what the bullpen is?
0: Yo.
2: Okay, let's do this. Ashley and Colin
3: McHugh.
0: Let's go. How we fell in love. How did uh, it start? The early days of the internet.
1: Yeah. Per- well, I mean not the early days of the internet. The early days of Facebook.
0: Yeah, the early days of like online dating, right? Like that was... Oh.
1: Well, it was not online dating. It was AOL, mm-hmm. AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, yes. Yeah, we used Instant to do Messenger. Instant right? Messenger. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it wasn't a dating site. No, it was, it was pre
0: IMing. like <laughs> prematch and all of that stuff. But we were we were went to high school together for one year, so we knew each other. So we were Facebook friends when Facebook came out when we were in college. Yeah, but we were at different colleges, and. I don't know, we did like the AOL instant message and then that evolved into the Facebook message, which evolved into me getting her phone number eventually. But the
1: AOL messages were not always like romantic at all. Oh no, they never were. Like all of freshman year. (laughs) I was, the preface to this is that I had a really weird freshman year. So I went to Georgia. I had not wanted to go to Georgia or a state school. I'd wanted to go to like art school or theater school like in New York or whatever. And then you know, my life between junior year of high school and my sophomore year of college, those two years were just like super tumultuous in my family and my life. And just like, I went just into full retreat. Like I'm just going to do whatever is easiest. So I went to Georgia because that, that was the easiest, but I was like very less mature than I am now. (laughs) So I had a hard time. That was a blow to my pride to go to like Mm. a big state school and so I just took on that like 18-year-old personality where I was like, I hate everything here. Yeah. Like this place is so lame. Football sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this campus is stupid. And it was bad. So that being said, I was on AOL Instant Messenger like all hours of every single day my freshman year, bored as crap because I didn't <laughs> want to make like lame friends at my lame school. Um, And so when Colin was on Instant Messenger, I mean, I would talk to anybody. I was mostly just like, I was anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I would not say that I spent all my time talking to Colin. I just spent all my time with my computer open, willing to talk to whoever would talk to me. And that was freshman year. So it was not romantic.
0: My uh, my dream was always to go to the giant state school to play baseball at the university of Georgia. That was like my dream. So she was at Georgia doing the whole thing. And I just ended up at Barry where I was going to be able to play ball
3: small school
0: yeah tiny small school no no i never thought i would go to a school like that growing up um i always pictured myself either playing baseball to big school or going to a big school school and not playing baseball and so when i was at barry i was kind of in that same boat where i was still trying to get used to an atmosphere that i had not uh i had not desired or had not pictured myself in um so i too was on instant messenger a lot on the, hour, the hours that I was not uh, playing baseball. Yeah,
1: less than me because you had stuff to do. Yeah. I, in my defense, I was an art major and you have to start right away. And so I had stuff to do, but I was always in my room. So yeah, I'd have to like work on projects for my sculpture class or whatever, but I could always be like there with my laptop open, music on instant messenger open just in case. So yeah. your
3: messaging so how at some did this point turn
1: it to Yeah. Right? How did it turn to love? Colin, I'll have to answer that cause I do not know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like I said, we knew each other a little bit beforehand. We weren't, we went to high school together for one year. Um, so I knew of her kind of as the new girl. She was still kind of like that new girl. I didn't really know. I knew she was really smart. Uh, I knew she was really talented. Um, and, that was about it. That was pretty much the extent. And I knew we had some mutual friends. Uh, So other than that, we just got to talking and she had, she was extremely honest, which was one thing I had never really encountered with a woman before. Um,
1: Or lots of people because or lots of people. Yeah. Star baseball player from private Christian school. And people were generally, you get a very curated
0: version of every person. Yeah. um, In that Mm. form uh, or in that like, you know, line of work. But yeah, getting to know her over the internet, over instant messenger was really a learning process in like how to say what you feel and how yeah. to like just be open and honest with essentially a complete stranger, which I kind of was at that point. We kind of were to each other. For sure. I was like, why is she telling me all of this stuff? Why is she being honest with me? And it was attractive. It was something that I valued. I realized that I valued.
1: That's just, it was just me word vomiting. That's, that was me plus everybody. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> And it was
1: He says I was fantastic. being honest with him. I was actually being kind of mean to him. I I kind of like definitely poked fun at how like perfect you looked on paper.
0: Boring. I, how boring I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, it was a very, my schedules, everything was like laid out for me and baseball and school and. You know the family with the four kids and the dad who was a pastor and doing all the things and, and then you from the, the outside like
2: eclectic artist correct yeah yeah all this over from here. the
0: outside my life looked pretty like middle of the road straight and narrow yeah straight and narrow and it never felt that 100 percent that way to me and so it was frustrating when other people would put that that on me like oh well your life's so great and then she was came into the picture saying you know that doesn't have to be the case you know hmm. just because you look like this from the outside doesn't mean we can all have problems and yeah. we can all have issues. And I was like, this is great. I want to see this girl in real life. So I got her number and asked her out on a date. So when you were
2: in like the physical person space together yeah. on a date, did oh. it, was it like instant connection?
1: It was the most, it was the most extra first date of Everything. The we most not, extra ever, first date. We had not seen each other since like, I mean, graduation while, probably maybe honestly. Graduation. Yeah. So like we'd been talking enough where I felt familiar with him, but then when he was actually going to physically show up at my house, I was like, I'm going to die. Like this is going to be a Drew Barrymore, never been kissed situation where like the guy drives by to pick up, pick her up from prom and like comes out the moon roof or yeah. whatever, the sunroof and like throws eggs at her. Yeah.
0: I was like,
1: this is like, I could talk a big game, but when he was actually going to show up at my house, I was like, he is like really cool and normal and I am weird. And this has to be a prank. So he showed up at my house (laughs) and it was not a prank. No, it was real. You were so surprised he was there. I (laughs) I did. It was eerie because it was like, we knew each other pretty well by that point, but we were still strangers
0: still yeah like physically strangers and so i pulled up to her house and i was we're gonna do the very straightforward dinner in a movie first you know first date see where it goes pull up to her house go up knock on the front door i open the door there is there are like eight people in there there are a lot of people there (laughs) two of her cousins their baby their dog her mom (laughs) her dad her little brother and i'm a little bit overwhelmed right. but everybody's there's a lot of energy so i'm like feeding off of it oh. i like it
1: this is my persian family too yeah. so it's like you open the door and it's like my two cousins that are iranian and like the dog and the kids and my mom has a lot of like energy energy yeah. just like a very
0: i was feeling it i was feeling the vibe yeah where
1: he was from kind of yeah. energy
0: so we went on our first date and uh i think it went well like i thought it went well the whole time Ashley will tell you she was really nervous.
1: I think that we were at dinner and I told you that I was going to throw up in my salad.
0: You did. <laughs> I
1: said that out loud. <laughs> I said it you out loud. You said that out loud too. And there's me, yes. the honesty part again. Yeah.
0: Which was endearing. It was extremely, extremely I will endearing. never
1: forget after dinner when we were leaving to go back out to the car before the movie, you asked me if you had anything in your teeth. I did. And for some reason I was like, oh, we're going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like that. at awesome. least asked me if he had anything in his teeth did you did you that guys kiss
0: that night we did oh, yeah wow. <laughs> we rave <gray> first <laughs> we date. kissed we kissed that night and we like officially started dating that night we and, became
1: exclusively officially wow. dating on our first and day. we
0: put it on facebook that night oh, so it was on like facebook. in the day in the day and age of where like it wasn't official until it was on facebook we were on top of it
2: so you dated uh what is it long distance for a mm-hmm. while forever right. Whole
1: time. Our marriage is long distance. Uh, I mean, to this yeah. day, we I were, feel like it's like dating long in, yeah. distance. preparing <laughs> yeah. you for your long
2: distance
3: right. marriage. Yeah. So you wait. You've been married how long now? Nine well, years. This will
1: be ten years. This will be ten years. October. Yeah.
3: Ten yeah. years in twenty nineteen, and you have one kid. Probably by the time this comes out, there'll be two
1: kids. Yeah. Very,
0: I'm, very good chances.
1: Dude, I'm coming. hosting a very large nine month old baby right now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> She's like, I have no ambitions. She said this before, and I was like, uh, except for the living child in your
1: belly. True. Yeah. carrying a baby is not an ambition. It's just, it's a decision you can't get out of.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And okay. So you guys have had these different seasons in life. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say?
0: Like our lives have gone through seasons is seasons is a good way of putting it.
1: It's funny. Figuratively
0: figuratively and literally
1: the way that our first date went at like warp speed. I feel like our entire relationship has been going at warp speed. Mm Mm-hmm. It feels like we've lived decades and decades into the dynamics of marriage and are just now going to hit 10 years. But it feels like we've done that five times over.
0: Explain that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So you got married young,
2: right? I I mean,
0: even before that, I remember three months into our dating relationship, I knew this is the person I want to marry. hmm. I was like, I'm in love with this person. I'm going to tell her. And this is the person I want to be with. And I think it's because I spent, well, a, we spent so much time talking. Like we spent hours every day on the phone, which we both hate to do. So it's a, kind of an amazing thing that it actually happened that way. We got to know each other really, really well um, from that perspective. And yeah everything else just kind of picked up speed and got like accelerated real quick so um, when you t- you told
2: her
1: that three months in yeah Probably. and how'd you feel about that yeah. I mean, did oh, we're sitting outside out? of, we're and sitting outside of in. eddie's attic yeah i remember that's what i'm saying like ignorance is bliss <laughs> when you're 19 you're like yeah this is awesome mm-hmm. i didn't by the time i made it to like 24 i was like what were we thinking yeah but it was such a delayed reaction (laughs) yeah and we didn't get married quickly we started dating at 19 we dated for three years we got married when we were 22 which is still so incredibly young super young but But it wasn't fast just finished college yeah
2: but right out of college
1: yeah
0: Yeah, i had started playing pro ball um the year before so i was in my second year of pro ball we got married um that off season which playing
3: like being a professional that sounds like really glamorous. At yeah, yeah, I lo-
1: like. I it,
2: love like your story about like what it's really what what it's really Oh, I mean like.
1: professional baseball in the minor league level is like summer camp from hell. It's the scourge of the earth.
0: Why? Why?
1: It's like have you seen that I'm trying to think if I remember the movie correctly, but that movie about summer camps like heavyweights, it's like fat camp, but it's yeah. like miserable and terrible and all the kids are just trying <laughs> to like survive or, and like ruin ben stiller's life yeah. um i think that's the movie right yeah, heavyweight. Ben yeah Stiller? heavyweight anyway the minor leagues is like heavyweights every day <laughs> it's like a, oppression and yes. you're just fighting to stay alive
0: it, well, yeah it's it's bad you get paid nothing um not nothing i mean you get but paid, you get paid, you very paid little. peanuts so we were for the first six years of our of our marriage we were so poor Mm-hmm. Five, five years of our marriage, we were really, really like below poverty level poor. We moved every, really every time I had to move for baseball, we moved because we didn't have a permanent home. So like when I played in Savannah, we lived in Savannah. That was the oh. only residence we had. And when I played in Binghamton, New York or Buffalo or Las Vegas or any of the 14 minor league teams I played for, that was where we lived. That was our home. And 14 so, different places in six years? Oh, what? no, we moved... Oh. 18 times in our first 5 years of marriage. We
1: moved 19 times, not always to 19, new teams. Yeah. When we were engaged, um that was a pretty that was the first time that I really started to contemplate like a thing that I thought was related to being engaged or related to the relationship which now I look back and realize that's just a feeling people have. No matter what the circumstances are, you look at the choices that you've made up until that point and then you think what about the other choices I could have made? Hmm. And When you're 21 and you're engaged, you're like, is this, is this my relationship's fault? Like, should I not choose the relationship? When really it's in retrospect, it's just a hazard of making choices. Mm -hmm. It's just, you will pick a path and then not be able to pick all the other paths. Mm -hmm. So when I was in that state, I kind of, as far as work, I really wanted to get just like a normal nine to five job. So I applied for a couple jobs like that very short-sightedly being like, I don't know how I'm going to figure that out, but I just want to apply. And then as we got closer to the wedding and like, it's funny how like many very important decisions you can make in your life while still having no idea what you're doing. So like I'm, we made this very important decision to like get engaged and get married, but I still had no clue what I was doing. So I'm like applying for jobs I obviously can't have, and then as <laughs> you're got, gonna
2: move, yeah, like in an instant. But I like yeah. couldn't
1: think about it yet because I hadn't processed all of that yet. And then I literally just like drove down the street close to our apartment and was like, what looks like I could apply to work here? So I like applied to work at a florist shop and I applied to work at Starbucks and there was this stationery store in like next to a Kroger that I went in and was like hey are you like can I put in an application or whatever and the more I thought about it I was like I know about paper like I was an art major I was a graphic design fabric design major um like I can probably swing working at this paper store and (laughs) Nat this is so me but I started working there and then by the time we had to leave and move I was like I don't want (laughs) to (laughs) leave
3: I love this paper stars. You really
1: loved it. And she was kind of running it too. I love working. I love Uh, working.
3: Yeah. A little bit of the consistency was part of it maybe.
1: I just, uh, it does not matter where you put me. I will like ask a lot of questions like, why is this here? Why, why have you been doing it this way? Like uh, there are so many specific things I remember from that job that I would just find something in a cabinet and pull it out and be like, why don't we use this? and they'd be like oh well it was broken and by the end of the week i'd have fixed it and bought replacement things for all the things and then i'd be like training everybody how to use it i'd be like this is going to be better <laughs> so
0: <laughs> this is the story of ashley's work life i mean it really is and she won't say this but she she was she carried us like she carried us as a couple for the 5 years that we spent in the minor leagues because i was doing this one very specific thing that took up all of my time, put us on a very specific schedule in very specific locations uh, and was just completely unforgiving in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And she and her, her talent, her work ethic, and her desire, like she said, her desire to work, she was able to weave, I don't know, what, eight, nine different jobs into that time period to be able to keep us
1: afloat. I don't, Mm. I mean, depends on what you call a job. Like, they're all, they were all jobs and none of them were real jobs. (laughs) I was was like the queen of the side uh, hustle. The side hustle that managed to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And you made it work. Yeah. I was also raised by like an immigrant mother. For sure. So, like, that was Mm. in me. I didn't even think it was weird or like, I think that was a huge part of it because I never. I complained of my fair share about like baseball and moving. And I kind of thought baseball was stupid in general. And I thought that this was like a pipe dream. I didn't understand why we were wasting our time with it.
0: Those were fun (laughs) conversations. (laughs) 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 Like
1: (gasps) weekly blowout conversations where I'd be like, this is so dumb that we're doing this, but because there's a chance
2: it. it will never happen.
0: Still, oh, there a was a there, huge, huge a chance, chance. A greater so chance. tell a greater a chance. me, tell me the statistics. High probability. I'm
2: not a you know there's baseball a, connoisseur.
0: There's a if you play in minor college league. baseball and you get drafted, okay. So you get drafted to the minor. to a major league organization, yeah. And okay. then you go to the minor leagues. There's a point zero three chance that you will make it to the big leagues.
2: .03. 0.03.
0: And then from that, there is a. Excuse me, point zero three percent chance, uh, and then after so that, less than one yeah. percent. Yeah, I got that. And then sometimes math. I am a sometimes smart math person. is to a actually little... guys who actually play more than uh, more than three years. So three years is the average major league career if right. you make it to the big leagues at all. Okay. And then guys who three percent of those guys make it past three years. So wow, there was a. If if we would have known the odds going into it like that, we probably (laughs) would have been like nah to think about it. If they had been properly
1: explained to me, I think people gently explained them to me, but they did not realize how (laughs) stubborn I am as a person. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not hearing what you're saying. Like, fine, People just be like, you know, it's gonna be difficult. And I'm like, everything is difficult. I'm not afraid of that. But But then it was really difficult. It was our first season married in Savannah that Mm. I read a blog post because he was with the Mets. And there's so much more media coverage for a New York team um, Mm. than I had even realized. But he had been drafted by the Mets. And so from the beginning, there was just like all this media, all this press that now I realize was like excessive. And a lot of it's like fan blogs and stuff like that. Uncle Vinny
0: and his his just. brother having a right. blog like that they yeah More power to you,
1: absolutely but like I was reading it as if it was all very serious and factual Real um, journalism <laughs> I just didn't know like what to take with a grain of salt so we were in Savannah it was 2010 the summer of 2010 and I read this post and they're like the exact sentence was like the Mets won't know exactly what they have in McHugh until spring 2012 and I remember I looked across the living room at him and I was like what the heck I was like, they're not even going to know the beginning of what they're going to do with you for two years. And he was like, yeah, it's kind of how it works. And I was like, oh my God, bail.
2: (laughs) This is the (laughs) worst. What are we doing?
1: Like, we're not, I'm not doing this for two years so that they can just like see if you're worth doing anything with in two years. And that was the first time it like really hit me where Hmm. I was like, this is, I, when we got married, I sincerely thought we will do this for a season. It'll get it out of his system. And then we'll just like move on.
2: So how do you deal with those expectations that you have when you start and then it just getting blown out and not being anything than what you thought? How did you, I mean, is it just, Battling it out. What well, I mean what did I gave you all-
0: myself five years when I got drafted I told myself I'm gonna give myself five five seasons five years and if at the end of my fifth year, I don't feel like I'm in a good position to Be successful doing this. I'm calling it quits. I was like, I'm A smart enough guy with enough going on that I could figure out something else to do at that point you know, I would have been 25 and I feel like I would have had time ahead of me to be able to do stuff do different things other than baseball mm-hmm. and you were on board and were you on board with that? Like, was At that... At first, even... probably, right?
1: It's like I didn't even know.
0: <laughs> we had talked about it, but it was... It, it really... You kind of <laughs> lose It that. really went,
1: like, in one ear and right, out the other. Right.
0: It. Okay. Because so wait. You it, lose it, yeah. I
1: didn't... First of all, I didn't know how bad it would be. So mm. when it was very bad, I was like, oh, maybe you do this for five years if it's, like, a normal job, but this is torture, like...
0: We were the only married couple for the first four seasons we played. Yeah, I mean... On any of the teams we I played on. We were the only
1: on. married wow. people... For a while so the guys who weren't married didn't care like what was the difference for them i mean yeah it stinks to like Mm -hmm. miss stuff you don't get days off to go to your friend's weddings or whatever but for the most part they were making enough money to take care of themselves and there wasn't the stress of like an additional person we always Um, had
0: roommates we always had single guy roommates
1: (laughs) yeah we were married and then immediately started living with roommates so that was like a stress on our relationship for a couple like various reasons yeah Um, and then also other guys go in with bigger signing bonuses or more, um, guidance, clarity, advisement. Colin didn't have an agent. Um, so we didn't really have anybody like talking in our ears, like, Hey, here's what to expect. Helping you navigate. Um, yeah, yeah. no help navigating and no help financially. I mean, he had gotten a signing bonus, but some people get like million dollar signing bonuses and then they have that reserve to pull from when they're not getting paid in the minor Mm -hmm. leagues for us, he got his signing bonus that we like immediately spent or he immediately spent on like my engagement ring in a car. Um, because <laughs> a Honda Accord, a yeah, not a fancy <laughs> yeah, car, like, like Wait a, a, minute. a Let Honda me Accord. Yeah. He needed a car. Um,
3: so was there some point at like, you said five years, like at, was there a moment where you're like, I think, I think I'm gonna.
1: I make think it we're done. The next level. Oh, or, it was literally or, or, or done. Yeah, yeah. Done. It was like simultaneous when we yeah. ran out of money and he got called up. It was to the cra-
0: big It was weird. Was it kismet? You always say that where uh, the universe oh, kind of comes it. together uh, in this way. It was strangely perfect timing where at the end of my fifth year, I got called up to the big leagues, and that was.
1: And we had like a hundred dollars. It was
0: the yeah. We had no money. We were living in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we were probably on the verge of like marital disaster and we were just not like I didn't I didn't feel like I was functioning very well as a human being I was like I'm just spitting my tires basically and when I finally realized like oh there's I might get called up here um everything started to come into focus like oh it has been five years this is the end of the road and if this doesn't work out like I'm done I'm out and I always tell people every every year in in the minor leagues every baseball player probably contemplates retirement three to five times mm. because it's just, it's just a grind. And when you're in the middle of it, you say to yourself, why am I doing this? What is the point? And so you think about it and then usually you have some sort of, you have a good game or you've got like something that yeah, always brings you back. Kind of you're like, no, you I can do up. it. I can do yeah. it. Um, but so you
3: get, you get, you know, the infamous phrase, I get called, I up, called right? up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: what is that? The, like?
3: yeah, like the week you get, There, all of a sudden you get paid more, right? Or like, how does that work? The
0: day you get, so.
1: I mean, after your first call up to the big leagues, it is never the same. Even if you go back the very next day, which is what ended up happening, Mm -hmm. they can never pay you the same thing they were paying you before you get called up.
0: Right, that's this rule. So it is. Yeah, you move to a different echelon.
1: It is definitely like a big tension release. Like you do not have to worry about I mean, there were points at which I was like, not buying shampoo or deodorant because there was like no money for that. If my business grew over the course of that time, it's because I spent so much time by myself. It was out of necessity. Yeah. So I legit would That's just sit at Starbucks mm. by myself from like 9am to 9pm and just like be in front of my laptop and work on my business, quote unquote, mm. which I had plenty of time to do because there was nobody to hang out with. Um and then the only friends you make in those towns when you live there are other people on the baseball team. So when the baseball team leaves, everybody you know in that city leaves. It's gone, yeah. Um and you're not living in a place like I mean, Lord, if we had played for the Braves and you're in AAA with the Gwinnett Braves, then you're like fifteen minutes from your mom or something. Mm-hmm. But we were at the Mets, so we were like in all these small towns in the northeast. I did not know a soul. There are not many people to get to know. <laughs> I, al-
0: I always felt disconnected when I'm on the road and when, I, when we were gone. And then for her, like you were saying, for her to be basically tagging along, which I always felt, like, always felt bad about because like, I'm tagging her along on this trip that isn't even a good one. It's not even a good mm. trip. Yeah, we're
1: going to Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come?
0: <laughs> yeah. And so it was a – it how felt did you like guys, a train wreck. How did you get through that season?
1: I honestly told, Put your head down yeah. and go. Yeah. I mean, I found some things that occupied me, a.k.a. like my business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I think I told somebody at one point when we lived in Binghamton the second season, I like went to the grocery store or something and I bought like a plant, like a $6 plant, and I planted it in the yard in the backyard of the house that we were renting. I was like, I have to be here to take care of this plant. That's why I live here. Like... (laughs) It ha- I had to have at least some purpose for like even existing in this space. And I was like the plant, if I leave the plant will die. So mm-hmm. that's why I live here.
3: <laughs> so if, if you were talking with someone that is listening right now that is in a similar situation, so they had to move someplace to be with their spouse, a place they never dreamt to be in life, uh, but they're there and that's, you know, that's where they're at now. What advice would you give to them?
1: Yeah, I mean a couple interesting things are that when your life is when your life sucks and you're like, "Oh, my life sucks the most out of everybody." What's amazing is that you will meet people who are like, "Oh, that's also my life." Hmm. And you think like, "God, this is such a uniquely horrible situation." But through all of that, I met so many people with spouses or jobs that were totally different, but it put them very much in the same circumstances. Um, and stuff that I would have never thought about. So, trying to franchise a fast food place and they tell you, okay, you can franchise your fast food place here in the middle of nowhere in this town. Mm. So you have to move, so you there. have to go there. Yeah. And then that person's working crazy hours trying to like get something set up, you know, like musicians, so many musicians, mm. um, anybody who works like service industry I, when I would tell girls, like I spent all my time alone, they'd be like, yeah, me too. Like my husband leaves it you know, noon to go to the restaurant and doesn't come back until two o'clock in the morning. It's like Mm. a lot of time alone. Um,
0: Military friends.
1: Yeah. Military for sure. But the stuff you wouldn't anticipate, like you just hear of the job and you're like, Oh, that's a cool job. And you don't know what comes with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I just really learned, especially through all the moving was that there was some stuff like you cannot, we had no money, but I could not obsess over not getting things that just would make me feel at home so i don't know i think when we moved to colorado springs we were basically like squatting in the in somebody else's apartment that they had left um they had gotten called up we were moving there so we just stayed there so i'm living like in somebody else's room on somebody else's bedding with like their towels and their shower curtains and plates and whatever and I went to Target and I bought myself like one blue mug, one blue plate and like a bowl. And I think I spent like $13 on three dishes at Target. And that was like, those were my dishes for me.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I
1: was like, I can't, you will make yourself crazy trying to consistently exist in a space where like nothing belongs to you, where you feel at home in no Mm -hmm. way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And like I still have all three of those dishes. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I didn't have money to buy three dishes. That was not like a worthwhile expense. But for my mental health, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a lot, a lot more valuable than the cost of those things. Or like I said, like I went to the grocery store and bought a plant, like to have a house plant. It seems like such a useless thing to have, but it's not a useless thing if it makes you feel at home. Um, and then you can kind of build up from there.
0: Any thoughts you have, comment? Yeah, Community has always been the biggest thing for me. Like, We've always come back to Atlanta. So when we're done with the seasons, mm-hmm. we've always come back to Atlanta. And for a long time, we had every opportunity to move wherever we wanted. There was nothing holding us down. Like I said, we didn't have an apartment. We didn't have a house. We didn't have kids. We didn't have a pet. We didn't have anything holding us to Atlanta, anchoring us here, except for the people that we knew here and the people that we wanted to know here and continue to know here. Um, and so we always came back and we always had those people, those people have changed. That group of people has has changed and has evolved and, uh, kind of transformed over the years. But, uh, there have been, there have always been people back here in the city, in this community that has made everything else that we do, um, easier. I don't at least for me, it's always made it easier to know that. I can come back to people who aren't locked into the thing that I do who aren't here just for the fact that I play baseball.
3: Yeah. So even though you're playing Houston now, you're gone for which the baseball season literally is like the longest season yeah. ever. It just well, keeps...
1: Especially when you go to big league spring training and then you win the world series. Like we did in 2017, <laughs> we were gone long enough to get pregnant and have a baby before we came back. That is yeah. the longest season ever. By it is the way.
3: longest season. How many games?
0: 162. 162. In the regular season. season. And then we played 17 in the playoffs and 27. I mean, how
3: many games a year do you go to?
1: Um, it varied. I mean, definitely not all of them. People are always like, Do you go to all the games? I'm like, well, I Don't, Who don't could even do want to that? answer. And that. baseball Who games are that? long. Yeah. yeah.
0: Four, hours. Uh, four um, hours. Three and a half.
1: I don't know why that question offends me. It's not an offensive question, but I'm always just like, Ugh. Have a life. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously. For real. Um, I went to more games before we had um, kids, just because I would travel more. Mm-hmm. They were going somewhere that sounded interesting in the big leagues. Once I could travel and we could afford to do all that, um, like if they were going to Detroit and I'd never been to Detroit before, I'd be like, sure, I'll go. Um, then after I had Shaw and he was young to like way less games and now that he's getting a little bit older and he loves the nursery at the field I mean last year I probably went to 70 home games but I actually went upstairs to like watch the game like eight times yeah. <laughs> so I'll I mean people do not know this but we actually pay for our own tickets so I can take a shot of the nursery and go downstairs like in the tunnel and I don't have to get a ticket because I only need a ticket if I go upstairs and take a seat so Yeah, I would be at the field every night and we would just sit in the family room and like watch TV or I would like bring my computer and work on house stuff or whatever. Um, But I did not go up and watch very many games. Um, I didn't want to pay for the tickets to just sit and look at my phone in the stadium.
2: (laughs) So how did the year of the World Series, how did that change things? How did how was that for you guys? I mean, I'm sure it was probably I mean, it's the highlight of your career. Right. For sure. But then what about between you two and just life together and marriage? And how did that
0: 20, impact? Yeah. You? 2017. I'm trying to think back. Um, cause I remember on Instagram yeah.
3: also, there was like pictures of your little boy with, I think head was trying to sleep. You were trying to get him to sleep
0: like during games late at night.
1: Oh man. I think that was the Yankee series when we were just getting absolutely crushed and it was so cold and, and beer
0: thrown at us and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Shout out New York fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that was honestly. I felt like that was a. It was a tough year because I was hurt half the year, Mm. Um, and so that was another a different challenge that we hadn't. I had been healthy up until then uh, in my really whole career, so from like an emotional standpoint, it was a a different level of emotional support that I felt like I needed or that I was able to give um, because I was dealing with something that was very out of my comfort zone, Mm. and so to be able to finish up that season healthy and then be able to contribute, you know, going down and all the way through the playoffs. Uh, it didn't seem very real as it was happening. I don't know if it felt like that to you, but for me it was like, we'd already played 162 games. It was like game 178, And I was thinking, okay, this is game seven of the world series. I have to like remind myself there are no more games after this. So Mm -hmm. remember to enjoy it. Um, and there's so many moving parts and so many things going on around you and everybody else has so many expectations of what it should be like or what they think it will be like. That For me, I started to kind of feel bad that I wasn't getting as excited about it. it. Yeah. that I should be enjoying this more.
1: It's like any experience in life that has a lot of hype attached to it. When you're actually experiencing it, you feel extremely stressed out, judgmental towards yourself for like, Am I doing it the way that I always thought I would? Or am I appreciating it as much as everybody tells me I should be? Mm. Um, And I told somebody at the end of the playoffs then, I was like, it was like somebody put you in like an aluminum can full of pennies and just like never stopped shaking it for a month. Like it's Mm. so much travel. Baseball is a pretty chill sport. You know, like you go, it's relatively quiet in the stadium. People cheer when something happens, but during the playoffs, it's loud. It's like a football game. It's like screaming all the time and people are like, energy is really high, but it's not once a week. It's every single night. So, Mm. you know, we'd had those three games in the ALCS in New York, which is like the highest volume, highest level of like emotion from all the fans three days in a row. And then you get on a plane in the middle of the night. You wake up at four o'clock in the morning to like wheels touching down on the runway. It's just like everything is extremely jarring had, about the whole had thing. We
0: kids with us, or like we Yeah, had, everybody, we kids Sean, on everybody's kids on the team. We're kids. traveling
1: along, so at two o'clock in the morning, there's like a dozen kids screaming on the airplane. <laughs> it's just, and there Doesn't were parts that sound of it,
2: glamorous, right? y'all. <laughs> it's exactly
0: what you all expected. Yeah, there are
1: so many parts of it that are so incredible, but it's one of those things that the second it was over, I was like, wow, that was awesome. And while it was happening, I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, you guys are doing this, you've been playing BSL for how many years now? This is my eleventh no, season. Eleventh season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you have had I, I know that you guys have had to figure out what you need as a couple in the midst of the off season and during the season. One of the things I've heard you guys talk about is the ten I think you call it a ten day rule or
0: something. Mm-hmm. Is that for- well it was a it was originally a three week rule.
1: Yeah, three three weeks in the minor leagues.
0: Yeah, in the minor leagues we would we made a decision that we could not be apart from each other for more than three weeks or else we would decide we never needed to see each other again. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> it was
1: so not like, I miss you too much. If I don't see you for three weeks, if after three weeks we did not spend time together, I'd be like, why are we doing this? Like, this is mm-hmm. stupid. Yep. You're better off without me. I'm better off without you. Let's just like call it.
0: We're both very independent people. And so you, you like find your routines really yeah. quickly when you're apart from the, the, person that you're with and um it was just not a through like much trial and error and a lot of like failures we realized we can't continue to keep pushing this to the limit every time like five weeks six weeks seven weeks Mm -hmm. uh or else we're not going to make it and if we want to make it we need to put some
3: like we need to put some rules in place but now you've even increased that to or decreased that to 10 days right
1: It usually just ends up being that especially after we had um, our first kid, it was, I felt really bad about the thought of him being at home at our rental home in Houston for like home games and us not being there. Mm -hmm. Um, It it is less like of a bummer to be on the road and be in a hotel and not have your family with you because that's what you would be doing anyway. You're like in a different environment, whatever. But um, the idea of him being home, and like everybody else, being home with their families and then us still being in Atlanta for a home homestand seemed sad. Um, so I mostly just would try to be in Houston for the home stands, And then when he left to go on road trips to come back to Atlanta.
3: So are there any other rules that you guys have like set that have encouraged the season for you?
1: Yeah, like, mm. especially with so many
2: people probably listening who, if they have long distance or Relationships, if they're yeah. traveling a lot, like, yeah. what are some things that you would think would be helpful for
0: that? Uh, I I try not to, uh, I try not to go to sleep any night that we're not together without saying goodnight to them, like, actually talking physically on the phone. Um, it was a lot more, earlier in our relationship, It was, it was a lot more, I think, for me, it was, like, insecurity, insecurity of, like, I'm not there, so I gotta be there somehow, and, like, mm. I have to put my stamp at the end of the night and say like, say good night and say, I love you and do all these things. You're
1: still married to me. Yeah. I like remind (laughs) my,
0: (laughs) remind myself that this is, I'm I'm doing this and this is like my responsibility. And, uh, it's kind of evolved from there into, yeah, obviously I, I want to hear her voice at the end of the night and I want to talk to my kid at the end of the night, even when we're not together and not on, uh, I'm on the road or she's back home in Atlanta or wherever, whatever the case may be. Um, but I think just the active reminder that I just needed, I needed active reminders to keep myself from falling into my own independent routines when we're not together Mm -hmm. because baseball or whatever job you have, it, it tends to do that to you. It tends to steal your focus and steal your, uh, your passion and all this kind of stuff. And when you have other people who are counting on you to show up emotionally and show up relationally and, and physically, You've you've gotta be there. You gotta you've gotta remind yourself somehow. I would set reminders on my phone. I still set reminders on my phone to if like I'm gone, I was like, call Ashley this day, call my mom this day, call my dad this day, or else I get so wrapped up and I'll I'll forget about it.
1: Mm. Yeah, for me I think it's less like less hard and fast rules and more just um especially being the female component of this relationship, more Expectations that I let myself have and permission that I give myself to like have demands of him as a partner. Hmm. I think it's really easy to want to like give an inch everywhere that you can and to be like, well, he's busy. Well, he's tired or like that'll be a pain for him. Um, And I think we've done a good job delegating. All right, the last question that we
2: have to ask everybody. We
3: ask everybody. Ooh. Is it possible? <laughs> and you might disagree with each other.
2: change the world, stay in love, and raise a healthy family.
0: I believe it is. I believe it is for two reasons. Number one, um, I have always said, and I will stick by this, I could not be doing what I'm doing now without them. So on my own... Uh, it would have been very difficult for, and I believe impossible for me to, and not that baseball is changing the world under no circumstances is baseball changing the world. It's fun, but (laughs) that's, there are limits to it. Um, but it's my passion and it is what I, uh, what I've loved doing for a long, long time, but they resource me to be able to do that. They open doors Mm -hmm. like for me emotionally and have taught me things that i use every day on the baseball field to be a better, you know, a better player, a better performer. And so, yeah, not only is it possible, I think it's impossible the opposite way for me.
1: Uh, For me, I'm, I don't know. Like, and I feel really good just being able to say like, I have no idea. I think that, I think that if I put it on myself every single day to say, I'm going to stay in love and I'm going to change the world. And what's the other thing? Raise a healthy family. And raise a healthy family. I'm going to do all of it. Then <laughs> um, I would just turn that into like a a cage for mm. myself of expectations. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. I think that you can absolutely do all of those things. I don't know if you can do them all at the same time, mm. but I think the biggest thing that I've learned through all of this is that you have more than just like tomorrow. Um, and I live very much in the present. Like I'm not a planner. I'm very much like, I can only think about what I'm doing today. So it's been good for me to remember, like if something doesn't happen today, then maybe it will happen tomorrow. Hmm. Maybe if I did not do the best job at changing the world today, there is perhaps sometime in the future that I might attempt to change the world. Um, but yeah, I definitely am not interested in getting so locked into those being my ambitions that I'm afraid to fail at them. Hmm. Um, That's good. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah thanks much. for having us
0: on.
3: And now it's time for the breakdown. We are back. Wow. World Series champions. Ashley, Colin, thank you so much for your time. Andre, what do you think of today's podcast?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like we kind of set up in the beginning, it's definitely for non-traditional families in a sense where there's a lot of traveling or a lot. And you could sense that with them, that they have a lot of away time from each other. You yes. know, most of their, even talking about their dating is so funny. It's been long distance. It's like like let's prepare you for your future that they didn't even know was going to happen, you know? That's right. Um, so I I thought that was interesting, but um, yeah, their 10 day rule was really good. I think, you know, she's talked before of like after 10 days, if you're, if you're living your individual life, like apart from each other, it just could go on forever. Mm. Like you
3: could literally just, you, you quickly become independent, right?
2: Yeah. And you just move on and, don't uh yeah engage each other again and and that's for them they feel like that's the beginning to the end you know Mm -hmm. um of just a separate lives and it's so easy to do when you're apart for so much you know so much of your marriage
3: so it, it is interesting to have this conversation with your partner though
2: because I it's, think it's different for everybody. It's different for the everybody. The time, the amount it's of time. It's different for everybody. Like you and I, oh, no, there's not a 10-day rule.
3: We were gone for 10 days one time. <laughs> I yeah. was gone, yeah. Yes. And it was, it, it was
2: hard. It was hard. But you and I usually, like, for just normal travel, it's like four days. Yeah, maybe. Four or five. I mean, we can't.
3: We, but that's us. We need to be physically together. But this is a really different. good question, to, to go on a, go on a date with your partner and ask you, okay, what's the rule we have? Especially if it's a frequent traveler, frequent traveler. Yeah. Now there's, there's scenarios that happen. Somebody goes to Africa, someone, or, or goes out what, of the country. Those are right. going to be some longer term things. But in general, what is the rule that we need to have in travel for work? Yeah. And sometimes that can also change. Like when there's kids, I remember when we started having kids at the end of my trips were I longer. I used to
2: be fine. You could go for like seven to 10 days and it would be like no thing for me.
3: I feel like now with it's like. free kids. And like, now
2: I'm like with the child. It's like,
3: oh, no, you don't. Well, now that our kids are getting older, it's not as bad. But you used to be like um, 24 hours. How about 18 hours? <laughs> like, could you get the earlier flight back? <laughs> Overnight. Which was fair. I mean, it was, oh, it was fair because it's, so it's so hard in that when season. Little, it's really it's hard. so hard when really hard. so it's an interesting uh, really interesting conversation. Um, I I wrote down something that Ashley said, and I hope I got this right. It's funny how you make important decisions in life without knowing how to make important decisions.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, we feel the same. We were so young. We were so.
3: I remember young when we bought our house. We bought right. a house, and it was like, well, I don't know. And I remember one guy I went to breakfast with, Gabe, which we'll inter- uh, interview him at some point. He, he was just like, Jeff, just do it. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay. And I went home and I was like, Gabe said we should just do it. It'll be <laughs> fine. Do you remember
2: that? <laughs> Gabe said we should buy the house. So I guess there we should no buy the house. There was
3: no reason. I mean, it was like, we were like, okay, I guess we're supposed to buy a house now. We, we had no idea what we were no, doing. No. And I mean, it's like people told
2: us that that was a good investment, but we're like, really? I don't know. Sure. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Like my number one criteria was like, does it have a yard? Cause I really want a dog. That's mm. all I care
3: about. Like, but who? That was your whole priority <laughs> yeah. in life was the dog. But
2: it's like the, that's the decisions we're, we're making the biggest decision about buying a house, like one of a huge decision. And I was like, the yard matters, right? The, the yard. It really matters.
3: Can I say one more thing about one takeaway that I had from them? Yeah. I thought it was one thing that was really cool. Like a life decision that they made or have continued to make is even though they live in Houston, they have this home, they have a home in Atlanta. Yeah, they talk they, a lot about that community. Yeah, and the community yeah. that goes with that, that they, I think deeply they realize, given all the fragments of places they have to go constantly, mm-hmm. that there's one place they can call home. Yeah. And that home, it's not so much about the building, it's about the,
2: the people. people.
3: Yeah, And that community is really important to them. And I, And knowing them, it's true.
2: Yeah, and I mean, even when they are back, they're really present with everybody. They, they really are. are a part, you know, with community. It's not like oh, we just come back to our Atlanta house. It's actually, you know, they are doing the parties at the get-togethers, the gatherings. Party hosts. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they're hosting things, and um, and so I think it's it's so important. And they actually, they really do live that idea of, you know, the importance of community. They mm-hmm. live that out. And it's beautiful. It's
3: good. This is a good one. Thank you so much, Colin and Ashley. This has been another incredible, incredible time. First of all, incredible time for me
2: to have with you. Oh, Jeff Schenenbarger. You're so sweet.
3: Yeah. And we'll see you next time on the Love or Work podcast.
2: This episode was produced by DJ Oak Dickey for Soul Graffiti Productions.